The Lord be with you. Welcome to Thin Places, the podcast channel of St. Aidan's Anglican Church in Nicholasville, Kentucky. I'm Father Lee, the pastor here at St. Aidan's, and I want to invite you to join me here each week as we join together to share common prayer, common worship, and common life. And just as the streams feed the trees on their banks till they pour in the seas, so may my life be to all those who share this wilderness road. A reading from the Gospel according to St. Mark in the 8th chapter. Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's sake will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my actions in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. opportunity, Lord, I ask that you bless the words of my mouth, bless our hearts, Lord, that we would hear your word. God, we thank you so much that you do not leave us alone, but you've given us help. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Morning. Let me see this. <laughs> Stand up. <laughs> so I had about three cups of coffee. So I may go through this really, really fast. So I'll look at you. If I'm going too fast, just say. Also, I promised my wife, Liz, that I would have a Star Wars reference. So there's a very good uh, Star Wars reference here at the, uh, the beginning. So in our gospel, Jesus began to teach that we must suffer, or he must suffer, which was great suffering. Be rejected by those who knew the law and be killed, rising from the dead three days later. So I'm, I'm picturing in my head, I'm sitting down with Cora this morning, I'm like, how am I going to fit Star Wars into here? I have to. I told Liz I would. And then it, it dawned on me. It's like, wait a minute. You know, Luke was traveling with Obi-Wan, and they get to uh, meet Darth Vader the first time, and Obi-Wan ends up dying. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm thinking here, you know, Luke could have been like Peter. If Obi-Wan would have told Luke that he was going to die so that he could help him, um, he would have been like, no, and we would have heard him whine a lot more than he already does. Which, <laughs> <laughs> so, so back to our gospel. It, it says that Jesus spoke openly. So he's got crowds around him. 
He's got his disciples around him. And he's saying, yeah, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm going to get you know, tortured. And you know, then I'm going to come back and live, you know, come back to life in three days. Well, I'm thinking about this. I'm, I guarantee you they probably didn't hear those last, those last few words that he was going to come back to life because that's pretty awesome. Or they didn't believe it. I can also imagine Peter. Uh, so for those who don't know, I was a public affairs specialist or public relations. And, you know, I, I was kind of relating with Peter here. If, you know, if my commander said, hey, you know what, I'm going to die and come back. You know, that's not how you get followers. So he had a big crowd. And I'm sure Peter's like thinking in his head, you know, the Jesus is the Messiah. He just claimed that Jesus was the Messiah earlier in the Gospels. And I'm sure he's like, yes, we're going to get this army. Look at this crowd. We've got so many people with us. We can go kick the Romans' butts. But Jesus is saying, no, it's not like that. Peter probably was going through his head, you know, why is Jesus saying this? He's supposed to free us from these oppressive Romans, not, not suffer. What kind of king suffers? No, kings come in and kick out the old ruler and set up their king. That is what kings do. And how can the kingdom of God coexist with Roman rule? That doesn't seem like it, it, it can be, you know? You got the pagan Romans who do all these rituals and sacrifices to the gods, and you got the kingdom of God. How do they mesh together? Peter might have also worried that Jesus would lose these followers. You see this crowd, he says, I'm going to die. Who wants to follow a leader? That says, yeah, I'm gonna die and then you know I'll come back later. But I gotta suffer first and get tortured and all that. I don't imagine many people will sign up for that. Well, that means what happens to our leader is probably gonna to happen to us. Whatever was going through Peter's head, the result was that Jesus was about to put Peter in his place. What is interesting to note is that Peter did this, he took Jesus aside to rebuke him. He's like, no, surely not. But Jesus, in turn, as he slowly turned to look at his other disciples, rebukes Peter. It makes you wonder if the other disciples were thinking the same thing, or even told Peter to go, hey, confront Jesus about that. We're going to lose all these followers, and then we'll never beat these Romans. And, you know, address his crazy talk. But in this rebuke, Jesus points out something very important. The thoughts Peter, and quite possibly the other disciples, thought, were thinking, were earthly or human-minded. Another way to put this is human desires or interests. This stood in stark contrast to what Jesus was doing and the divinely minded or God's desire, God's interest. Bring back verse 33 in our gospel. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. So as we go through, through, through Lent, we are following the path of Jesus to the cross. And sometimes it's hard to remember the divine outcome as we give up things during this Lent. But where do we start? We start with the cross. The cross was an instrument of death. It was not mere torture and release. The cross was meant to be a painful torture that ultimately ended up in death. People could hang on that cross for days before they would die. You can see this in the way they broke the legs of the two criminals that were crucified with Jesus. They did this to speed it up, so that way they wouldn't have to worry about the storm that they thought was coming. So what is Jesus doing, telling us to do? He's telling us to carry our cross. Well, what do we do with this cross? My belief is we crucify our sinful nature on this cross that we carry with us. Romans 6.6 6 says, 
We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer a slave to sin. Galatians 5.24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to this cross, to his cross, and crucified them there. Because Jesus died on the cross, we can crucify our sins on that cross. Jesus tells us to take up our cross and follow him. As I was doing research for this sermon, um, I was looking for ideas. I wanted to find a quote from N.T. Wright or, you know, C.S. Lewis or something. And a sermon came up. And uh, it was from a priest from St. Andrews in Ohio. And I started reading the sermon, and I was like, no, 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 I can't read anymore because it's sounding too much like what I wanted to share with you guys today. <laughs> so I stopped reading, but I did take this quote from him. He explains it like this. When we take up our cross, like Christ choosing to follow God's will and die for us, we choose to follow God's will for our lives rather than our own, our own selfish and sinful desires. These fleshly desires or, or selfish desires tie back into the human-mindedness human Jesus rebuked when he told Peter to get behind me, Satan. To travel to the cross with Jesus during Lent, we have an edge over those who lived before Jesus' death. We know he followed the path all the way to the cross and to death, but we also know that he rose again. So as we carry our cross and deny ourselves, and our selfish desires, we know that we have help. In the collect that Father Lee read this morning, I really love that, that verse at the beginning. Almighty God, you know that we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's not in our power that we crucify these selfish desires. It is through Christ and what he's done and through the Holy Spirit's power. So last two days ago, Friday, um, we had a Friday Eucharist at the seminary. And it was funny at first glance that the scriptures that were today and the scripture that was read then seemed to be, you know, not really related to each other. They seemed to contrast one another. Both of them were Jesus' words, and they both seemed to say two different things. The scripture from Friday was Matthew 11, starting in verse 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Can the yoke of Jesus be light, even as we carry our cross? How can these two sayings of Jesus relate? Is one more right than the other? I think actually they're very compatible verses. The promise in Matthew is that Jesus will give us rest. Hmm. While carrying our crosses and denying ourselves may be hard the day to day, Jesus promises rest. You see, the cross we carry is ours, the selfish desires. But his yoke is light. He has given us means of grace to rest in him. We look at prayer. We are Anglicans, so prayer is kind of our DNA. We have a prayer book uh, as one of these means of grace. Uh, I'll end here with an illustration from one of my professors. This was just last week um, on prayer, actually. He says, he, he was describing how a healthy understanding, self-understanding can really help in your prayer life. There are three rings of life in, the, in this important of a healthy self-understanding. You have the outer ring. This outer ring is made up of what we want everyone to see or think about us. It's not who we are. 
this is our Facebook profiles of all the good things that we throw on there that, hey, look how happy I am and everything like that. So that's the outer ring. The middle ring, this is what we want hidden. This is our insecurities, our doubts, our sin. We think we have no worth because of the mistakes we made. We compare ourselves to other people in this ring. The center ring is the Imago Dei. This is who we are as God created us. This is our soul. The outer and the middle rings are selfish desires or pride. Even the insecurities may think, well, how is that, how is that selfish or, you know, or pride? Well, we're putting ourselves and we're saying to God, you know what? I can't do this. I can't give a sermon because I'm insecure and I don't know what I'm doing and you can't help me. So we put ourselves on that, that altar. But these outer rings are what we need to crucify. And remember, it's not us. It's the Holy Spirit working in us that is doing this. When we have a healthy self-understanding of, of who we are as God made us, the Imago Dei, the Holy Spirit can burst through those outer two rings and prayer life is transformed. So this week, uh, I want us to focus on simple prayer. So I'm reading a book by Richard Foster called Prayer. Um, you all probably are familiar with the celebration of discipline. Um, but he describes simple prayer in his book as this. In simple prayer, we bring ourselves before God just as we are, warts and all. Like children before a loving father, we open our hearts and make our requests. We do not try to sort things out, the good from the bad. We simply and unpretentiously share our concerns and make our petitions. This is the way we can begin to see ourselves as God sees us. What I challenge us to do is use simple prayer this week and ask God to show us how he sees us. Show us the Imago Dei. This is the beginning of prayer. This may seem like a selfish ambition, the me focus, but my belief is when we have a right understanding of ourselves, we can combat the outer two rings better by letting the Holy Spirit fight for us. Prayers like the Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner, are simple prayers. And I ask you to practice that this week. And while we practice these simple prayers, I want us to focus on carrying our crosses and denying our selfish desires this week. Remembering the promise that Jesus said, his, lo his yoke is light and he will give us rest. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Thank you for checking out Thin Places today. If you were blessed by your time with us and want to know more, check out anchor.fm forward slash thin places for more homilies, devotionals, and worship from St. Aidan's Church in Nicholasville, Kentucky. And make sure to follow us and leave a comment and join us again next time in common prayer, common worship, and common life. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Father is restored.